welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela, episode 12, Dreams, Astral Traveling, and Visitations is what we are talking about today. But first, let me introduce you to my husband, Scott. Hey, guys. What was it? Astral Traveling? Astral. A-S-T-R-A-L. Not Astro. Like the Astros, the baseball team? No. Astral. I have no idea what Astral... We're going to talk about it today. Fantastic. Yeah. So what did we do this weekend? Well, we had a we had an interesting weekend. Did we? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> really, really no, think about that, did not we? Really. Saturday we just tried to get through the day and not, you know, <laughs> with the kids. Yeah. And then so Sunday we said we had to get out of the house. Yeah. You know. Well, it's not four thousand degrees here anymore. Right. We finally had a cool down and it went to like eighty. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, all right, Saturday was a bad day with the kids. They were just like bored out of their minds and gave us all this trouble. So on Sunday we're like, we got to get out of the house. So I came up with one of my ideas, which are like, you know, what would you call them? This is like a family joke. Yes. Like, because Scott, like, he'll just have, like, an idea. Like, he's very, well, we, we've talked about it. Right. How, like, you're a red aura, and you always need to have the idea. Like, if something, like, we were all like, hey, let's go to the zoo. Right. But, like, the zoo just wasn't cutting it for you. And all of a sudden. Because like, I didn't you, come up with it. Right. And you, like, lift your head from your phone, and you suggest. This place out in. <laughs> Okeechobee, Lake Okeechobee. Yes. Which is, you know, like the middle of nowhere. It truly is. Truly the middle of nowhere. In, yeah. Um, in Florida. We're in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to go to this uh, wildlife place. It's like a place for like injured animals. Yeah. They rehab animals. We've never been there. Right. And the thing is like when I, you know, I sometimes I'll just take a chance with these places. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works out and sometimes it's a disaster. It's it's a family joke. Yeah. So give give me an example like when I've actually came like through. and we joke we're like does the Scott man come through and then we had kids and became like the, does the data man come through yeah. <laughs> like it's a joke and now the kids will even be like yeah data man you come through you didn't come through right but like no the first time I think you came through was like when it was before children okay and we were like road tripping through Virginia Beach or something mm-hmm. and you're like let's stop at this restaurant and it looked all scary and I'm right. like no. No, and you're like, no, we're doing it. I'm like, no, Scott, no, there's like a perfectly normal like Perkins here. Can we just right. eat? You're like, no, we're going to this restaurant. And we walk in and like nobody's there. And we go up to the hostess stand and she starts singing to us about like how many are in our party. And it right. was a singing restaurant. And as she sings us to the table, I hear behind me, this is where the like the this term has been coined from. The origin of the term. The origin of our family term. I hear behind me, Scott, go to me. Sometimes the Scott man comes through, <laughs> like your Batman I, or something. I said that. Yeah, you're yeah. like, sometimes the Scott man comes through. Did I use a Batman voice? Yes, you did. And I'm like, ah. And like, but forever now, it's every time, like when you do something random. Yeah. Well, I mean. Because it always has to be your idea. I, that's true. <laughs> and actually, it's kind of weird because like people like now, like, you know, I've been noticing like when I like go, we go out with them, which yeah. is very rare. Mm-hmm. But they'll be like, oh, Scott, where do you want to go? <gasps> yes, this and has I'll been be good like, for you. Yeah, this good. is like Scott awareness. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, I remember the time we, we Alabama, like another one was Alabama. Like we were, we lived in Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. And I decided, you know, let's just take a family vacation. And we took your parents. And I was like, um, wh- why don't we just go to Alabama? And everyone was like, what? What do you do in Alabama? There's nothing in Alabama. And I said, you know, and the reason, why, could you guess the reason why I wanted to go to Alabama? No. Well, just one of the states I didn't have a mug. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 I, I, I dropped that. You're Sorry. Little, yeah. I dropped I, the ball there. Did you have your coffee today? I know. Did you have your Wawa <laughs> I today? Another one. Yeah. <laughs> now, anyway, so 
we're, and I had no idea. The pictures looked great online. So I'm like, all right, let's just try this place. Had no idea what it was. Like 14-hour drive. We're driving. We're in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. There's absolutely nothing around. There was a Walmart. But there's absolutely nothing. And everyone's like freaking out. You know, we had two cars full of people. Everybody's freaking out. And then, thank God, through like the, the brush or whatever you call it, all the woods, there was the resort. And it was like perfect, right? Yeah. So um, I came through there. Yeah, you did. The Scott man came through. Scott man came through there. Yeah. Okay. Time I didn't come through, the Root River. Oh, my God. That was before children. Yeah. They, you know, I decided, all right, let's do a canoe trip. Where was that? That was in uh, Minnesota. Right. Minnesota. Yeah. You get it? Minnesota. I do. Okay. Um, so that that was, uh, we went canoeing. And, you know, it was perfect, right? Nice day. We get the boats. Everything's ready to go. We're paddling down the river. And then all of a sudden, what happens? We get attacked by horse flies. I'm going to post that picture because, like, that was before cell phone cameras. And I had my... What are those called? Those cameras that you would buy and you could throw them out, but like you'd get the film. You know, you'd do. What are those called? Instant like, cameras. Dis- yeah, disposable. Yeah, the disposable instant camera. Well, like that. This was before cell phone cameras. So, yeah. like w- the first picture, which I'll I'll put online. <laughs> it's like we're like yeah, because like Scott's the happiest when he's like canoeing. He's so flipping happy, and it was his idea, and it was working out. And he's got a red aura, and he's like looking all great. And then like we go to this part of the river, and there's horse flies, and it was like contaminated and nobody told us and we were like getting like i've never been like literally it was like a shroud attacked us for miles of horse flies like and thank god i had a hoodie but you didn't and i turned around and i blindly took a picture of you being covered in horse flies and i have that picture in an album and i'm gonna put it on my story so we're like and that is when the scott man did not come through not come through that was like an hour paddling I won't let it go. Horse fly country. Yeah, that's why. Like, I always black get fly, nervous. Black flies. I think it was black I thought flies. they were horse flies. They're I don't know. Flies. They bit. They, were, they did. They were big. They were like like the size of dimes, and they bit. Wow. And, man, and your face was like covered. And I remember we had like one bottle of like off spray between the two of us, and like we were just literally like almost <laughs> spraying ourselves in the face with it. <laughs> and so like we're done with this river and oh my god and the people that drove us down to get there were just like a little questionable yeah there was like we could have been killed there was they could have been serial killers they we didn't been. have cell phones we should have known there was three people that drove us down and they had like <laughs> four limbs like combined <laughs> there was something wrong there was something, something in the water there and it was horse yeah, flies yeah. and we're like driving and we're like are we is this like the hills have eyes like are we gonna like is this where like they come and kill us it, it was it bad. was like a horror flick and I, that we're so lucky we're here i'm just I reflecting know. i mean so these like weird adventures like well you it, didn't come through there no i didn't come through but no. this weekend I, I think this would be a come through Le- okay so let's okay. rewind it rewind. To, we all wanted to do the zoo right and, and you're like, like no yeah so i find this place again out in the middle of nowhere lake okeechobee yeah and we're driving, and we're out in the middle of nowhere. And, of course, the air tire pressure goes on. Of course. You know, we're low on air in the tire. <laughs> There's nowhere to get air. And, you know, the sensible thing would be like, all right, turn around. Yeah. You know, go back. But, but we're like, you know, but no. Abby, no. And Abby's like, I want to see the animals. So I'm like, all right, let's just go. So we keep going. It worked out fine. Right. Just put a little air in. It was okay. Okay. So we get there. Back roads. There's nobody there. There's, like, one car. And we pull up, and there's tons of stray cats. Oh, my God, which is heaven. 
and the kids are loving it. The, ki- the cats, like there were like 12 cats just came at us like meowing. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. the place was great. Like, yeah. it, so it was like this animal rehab center and like Abby like fell in love with a turkey, which was like an emotional support animal we found out. Yes. Named for, Thomas. Yeah. It was named Thomas and it was an emotional support animal for a woman who couldn't walk and she died. And then the place took the turkey and so the turkey just like an Abby, they were like hugging each other and it was just so sweet. But there were all sorts of animals there. Yes. And that, of course, is going to alter our Thanksgiving dinner this we year. We can't eat turkey anymore. We're, not we're done. I can't. I didn't know they were smart and they're like really kind and they're emotional creatures. So what are we going to have like salmon? I don't know. I can't. Caterpillar? I think it ruined Thanksgiving. Okay. <laughs> Grasshopper? I don't know. I'll just go somewhere. I can't. So, so we're there, and yeah. then you know they they have this, what was it a big uh, what oh, they a Florida, pa- Panthers. Florida Panthers? I mean, this right was just crazy. Deers are licking our ears. Yeah, they were like just, it, it Deers, was deer. They they were just animals everywhere. All rehab that like they, these people were doing their best, you know, trying to care for anything that got dropped off. They would care for it, but there was one cat that really bothered you. Yeah, we'll tell that. Well, there was this one cat. Yeah, and he just. You know, he was, I think he was young, male. Yeah. And he was just like pacing the cage. What kind of, it was like, I forget what it was called, a cara call. I don't know. It lo- basically, it looked like a tiny leopard. Yeah. Really cool looking cat. Yeah. I should, I should remember the name. But they, uh, but it was but stuck in it. Yeah. Well, it was a domestic cat. Yeah. Well, no, Not a it wasn't. Cat. Sorry. It was a wild cat that yeah. they tried to domesticate. Somebody tried to keep that. They, uh, most of their, Pets, these stupid people would try to make them like house pets, and then it didn't work out because they're wild animals, so they can't let them out. So this cat had no claws, but it was fine in every other way, but yeah. it, it upset you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know yeah. why. So, yeah, so like on the ride home, who's telling the story? Well, I just want to say one other thing. Go ahead. Before we get on to the ride home. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing, you know, we had a personal tour guide. Yes. Uh, I forgot her name, but we had a personal tour guide. And the only weird thing I thought about the place. Okay. That, you know, she kept on mentioning that all the animals like to throw feces at them. Yeah, they, I, yeah, they were all, yeah. That's weird. Did, I don't, we didn't talk about this till just now, but. Yeah. Did you find that well, weird? Well, a lot of them were monkeys, and I think that's what they do. Yeah, well, I got the monkeys, but then when she was talking about, like, the lizard throwing. It did? I think the so. The panther's not doing that. The kangaroo. The wallaby. <laughs> the wallaroo. The kookaburra. They're all th- everybody was throwing feces. Like every every cage we went to, someone was talking about throwing. The the lady was telling us that the animal threw feces at them. And Ew. watch out! I don't know. I didn't hear that part as much as you did. The gray fox. <laughs> no, the fox wasn't yeah, throwing. It wasn't too. just the monkeys. It just wasn't the oh, monkeys. Oh no! All right, let's get to the car ride. All right. Well, anyway, so Scott was all affected by the cat. Like, all stuck in kind of this smaller cage or whatever. And then he's like, can you do it? And the kids were quiet. And he's like, can you do an aura reading on me? Because I never do it for no. him, ever. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I usually have to wait a year like everybody else. Yeah, right. Okay. So, <laughs> it's true. I never do because I, like, live with you. So, I don't, like, really even see it anymore. But, like, the thing is, so, I really looked at you, like, if I didn't know you. And this is how it all ties in. Because people have been asking me about imbalanced auras and inauthentic colors. And okay. You know, and all that. And, like, I looked at you, and you had, like, way too much red. Like, you're red and blue, but your red was, like, really kind of muddy, and it was really dark, and it was, um, it was like, really covering up other things. And... Like, covering up other colors? It was covering up... It, it was kind of... It's, it felt like it was on, like, a defense mode. I'll th- so I had to look at you like I did if I was... If, like, I didn't know you, which is, like, the only thing I can 
you know, do when I'm reading you. So I had to like look at your color and start describing the color as I saw it. So I'm seeing this color on you and it's red and it's a, it's a murky kind of a murky red, not clear. And it's big and it looks like it's defensive. And it felt like it was defensive kind of, and it it was kind of like that cat, like kind of stuck in a cage like that and wanted to get out, but didn't know where to go. And you know, I feel like that's why that kind of triggered you a little bit. And well, yeah, because I didn't know why. It just yeah. did, but it did bother me. You're right. And like the cat was fine. Like the cat was being well cared for. And this is like the best place that cat could be because otherwise it would be dead. I mean, there's nowhere else for that cat to go. Okay. Unfortunately. So, but but it really did bother you. Right. And I feel like what it was was because I was looking at the way that your color felt very angry and your color and not that you're you you're angry but your color felt angry and no I mean I was in a good mood yeah and your, but your color felt contained yeah and what was happening was your ego was trying to come in and pull you back because in your life right now you're kind of walking off and I think a lot of people I see this with a lot of clients like sometimes when you're about to walk off the map of what you were programmed to do the ego is going to come in hard. And that's kind of like, you know, it, it gets darkest before dawn. Like that saying, I see that with people's energies. I saw it with yours and I see it with other people's. Like where right before you're about to step off the page of what you were written to do, of what the narrative that's comfortable for you to do, it gets real tough and dark and and all your demons come up and you can get real insecure because the ego is trying with all its might to pull you back into what is familiar to you but the soul wants so bad to jump off that page and do what's unfamiliar to you which is actually why you're here and i just saw that struggle in your colors wow now what about now you always say i'm a, a fuzzy blue too is that gone or was that there too? Right. Well, yeah, you've been like erratically colored lately. Oh, and boy. I feel like that's a good thing because, and I'll see this sometimes like with people's colors, I'll be like, man, your color is bright or it's bursting or it's really popping. Or I'll use colors like words like that. And people are like, why does that mean? And like, really it's just when you're trying very hard with a lot of effort to be different to really be different. But it's almost like when you're right there, when you're right at yeah, the edge of yeah, the line, yeah. you know, and, and someone's got you on a leash and, and you're, it's completely taut I, and, you, and you have to just pull that extra bit and you have to get uh, every ounce of you behind that last push. That's when it's hard. Like the spiritual yeah. journey, when you have slack, that's not as hard as when you're at the very end and you got to break yeah. that rope. I, I feel that. And yeah, that's where I, you're I, at. I think, you know, I'm not biased or anything, but uh, 100% yeah. correct. <laughs> you're, of course you're not biased. No, I'm not biased at all. <laughs> uh, no bias here. No, but I, I get that with a lot of clients, and, and I'll be like, man, your color is really raging, and, and it's a little imbalanced, and they're like, oh, is it bad? And sometimes, sometimes like, uh, like with purple people, or people, for example, like, man, your purple is high. Like, your purple is a lot. Like, there's a ton of purple. Is that bad? It's like, it is and it isn't. Like, you need that right now. Like, right now you might need that anger, like, as a red, mm-hmm. that anger to get that last, like, urgh, like, mm. getting it. Like, with a purple, they might need that last, like, I don't give a crap to, like, get past. With a the yellow, they might, they might need that last bit of stubbornness they can muster to get through. Like, you have to use sometimes more of one color that you have to get you through like a moment. Right. And that's what I feel you're doing now. So has it changed from the car ride? No, you're still the same. Still the same. Uh-huh. Even though I'm podcasting now, I got my Alabama hat on. Well, you're happy right now. So. I, and that's the thing. Like, you there. can be but you yourself. Yeah. 
And I feel like a lot of us who have men in our life, this is like a guy thing. Like you'll do this thing where you want, you're not always operate. Like you'll try to operate on kind of like a, a default mode because you know, you don't want to be so emotional up and down. But like, if you were a chick right now, like mm-hmm. you might be more like feelings oriented, Okay. you know, which would be better for you. You know, like I, f- I see you going to autopilot, you know, you had to go to work today. You, you brought your vibe down so you could do it. It's like, let me go down to autopilot. Let me use like as little energy as possible to get through this and then bring it back and up. then bring it back up. That's a lot of energy to do that. Right. To take your, it, it's like kind of when you're running and then you stop, it's like awful. Like if you're yeah. running, you got to keep running. Like you, you, like if you're running, you gotta, you can't stop for a while right. and then pick back up. Right. Like you, you need, to you keep need it to, going. like I need to keep the, the momentum. The momentum. Like, yeah, it's hard to yeah. stop pulling at that leash. Yeah. And then start again. Yeah. Because the momentum of of pulling, you know, it, it's like that's what keeps it strong. Right. So when you're going through a tough time, it's almost like you do have to lean on one color a little okay. bit. You just have to. And and even though it's not always functional and it's not, but it, it does break you through walls. Right. And then you got to check yourself after. So like, let's, I see people like that, you have job changes or divorces or like situations. And they're like, yeah, I really had to lean on that. Like yellows, um, uh, like I have this one person, she's yellow and she's going through a divorce and she's like, you know, very logical and she's very together and she's very doing all this. And what, and, and the thing is she's going to have to be like that until it's over and then she can deal with her feelings. You know, like you have to kind of just be a survivor and then after you got to rebalance. Okay. All right. I mean, it makes sense. And, and I really, you know, ever since you told me that since yesterday, yeah, you know, 24 hours ago, yes. uh, I, you know, you told me it was muddy and yeah. I, I've taken four showers. Oh, I'm wow. trying to get the mud off. Yeah. Did you, but, use, but you can't do it that way. <laughs> did you use the bod blade? I I did <laughs> I used the back blade, but not okay. the bod blade. Okay, right. yeah, that's yeah. your problem. Off week, it's off week. Off week, oh, off I didn't week. Know. I switch them up. <laughs> one week bod blade, one week back blade. Oh my god. Bod black, bod black. <laughs> um, uh, but you're, what you're saying is no amount, no amount of showers will get rid of this no, that muddy is red. Spiritual work. That's spiritual. Okay. Because <laughs> I really literally took it that it, I was muddy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. And, so, what, and one of the ways that we do spiritual work is through paying attention to our dreams. So I'm going to talk about that okay. next, Scott. So we're talking about dreams. Astral. Astral, traveling. not astro. <laughs> right. Like the dog from the Jetsons. Correct. And visitations. Visitations. All right, let's hear about it. Okay. All right, guys. So today I wanted to focus on dreams, astral traveling, and on visitations because... The number one, like, biggest spiritual tool I feel like we have when we're going through our own development are th- those things, your dreams, your astral traveling, and any visitations that you have. So I wanted to kind of go through, like, what's the difference? What do they mean? How can they help us? Okay, so what's a dream? So a dream is really, there are dreams, and there's just, like, you having a moment with yourself, basically. And paying attention to your dreams is really important because there's a lot of, like, symbolism there. So your subconscious or your inner self is talking to you in symbols and paying attention to it is really important. And I, I personally love my dream dictionary. The one that I have is, um, Mary summer rain in your dreams and it's the ultimate dream dictionary. And it's great. Like she has like everything in there. And whenever I have a dream about something and something really stands out to me, I'll look it up in the dream dictionary and what it does is you got to kind of use your brain when you're, when you're dealing with dreams, you have to kind of like be a little metaphorical, like what, what does this mean? Or what does that mean? And it'll help you a lot, get to know yourself because when, when you pay attention to your dreams, it gives you insight into the inner workings of your mind. And that's when your, your ego is less active. You got to remember your ego, 
Your ego's purpose is to keep you the same. Okay, your ego has a very noble purpose. It's to keep you completely the same and so that you never change and that you just keep repeating the patterns of your programming over and over again. But when you're in a dream state, you can get more honest with yourself. But a lot of times it'll show up as symbols and things like that. So it's good to pay attention to it. It's your hidden agendas. It's your pain. It's your needs. It's the things that you're hiding from yourself. And it's uncomfortable stuff. And sometimes like your mind will only rest you know, to protect you from these things in your dream state. So we, we do have some common dreams. Like a lot of us have these dreams, like flying, for example. Like there's two types of flying dreams. And I'll talk about this one. The one where you're falling, actually not flying. So like if you ever had a dream when you're falling, that's a very common dream. You know, they say it means like, you know, you're feeling out of control. Or if you ever have this dream where you're like, I mean, in front of everyone and, and you're like in your underwear or you're naked or whatever, that's when you're like really scared of your, you know, your insecurities. Okay. A lot of these are kind of like obvious. Um, teeth falling out. That's a big one. That's like, you feel like you can't speak your truth. Um, you feel like you're not allowed to say what you want to say. Being chased. This is a big one. I always have this dream where I'm being chased by um, bears and it's like traumatic and it's awful. And I, when, when I look up bear, I want to read to you what bear means from my Merry Summer Rain Dream Dictionary. And it's an, it means characterizes an overbearing personality relationship or situation, often points to the source of a dream or stress. And every time I have this dream, it's because I'm dealing with a certain person in my family, not Scott. And it's like so consistent and it's like the most terrifying dream where I'm being chased by this bear and the bear is coming in and like the bear is like destroying my life and it's really about boundaries and stuff so you you have to take these things and you have to make like how is this applicable to my life and then like pinpoint like what you can do it's just helpful information that dreams can give you with um but also like if you're being chased by a person it can indicate trauma from your past things that you haven't dealt with from your childhood death all right. I get a lot like, oh, my God, I had a dream. My dad died. What does that mean? I, usually that just means change. You know, just because you dream about death doesn't mean death is going to happen. Some people do have prolific dreams. I am not one of those people. I have symbolic dreams, but some people do have dreams and then the exact thing happens. But that's not a dream. That's something else. And we'll talk about that. Um, taking a test and you're unprepared which I have that all the time. That's just like, you know, you feel like you're failing or things are going to be taken away from you or, you know. So a lot of these things that are common dreams, like we all have them and you just have to look at the details and you just, and that's why I recommend just, you know, being honest with yourself, getting a dream dictionary and then doing some dream interpretations. If you ever want to learn about somebody and you kind of like to analyze, like ask about their dreams because it tells you so much about what's going on with them. Okay, so that's dreams, but the difference between a dream and let's say a visitation from a loved one, there is a difference there, okay? So in my line of work, obviously, I talk to a lot of people who have visitations from loved ones, and they're like, oh, was it just a dream because I missed them, or was it a visitation? And here's the thing. In a dream, like a person will just be playing a role. It's not emotional. Okay. Like it's just, all right, I saw this person in my dream and then something weird happened and then I moved on. It's more symbolic in your dreams. When you have a visitation, like you feel like you were visited by somebody. It's very clear. It feels very real. It feels like you're with them. You can hear them. Sometimes you feel like you are touched by them, like they're hugging you. It 
physically even you can feel them or even just with their energy, their love, you start feeling their feelings. In a visitation, you feel very self-aware, like it's more than a dream. Like, you know, they're dead, but you're with them. Like you, un, you, you have like an awareness of what's going on. Like, am I sleeping? Is this a visitation? Like that's a visitation. You feel all the emotions at once. It's very emotional. And there's a lot of details in these dreams. Now, these details are very important. They want you to know what you, they want you to know what you saw for a reason. So like when you're having a visitation, like you might be handed something or you might see something or something might be shown to you or a name might be said. All these things are important. Visitations feel real. Dreams are just weird. Okay. So that's just the difference. I want to tell you a story about, um, my parents' dog who died. I live here and my parents had this dog and he died a couple of years ago, but they got him when I was 21. So I knew him for like, you know, nine years and you know, he was my dog too, but I moved and he died, you know, when I was living here. But, um, so his name was Ben and I, after he died, like, I want to say like a week or so after he died, I had this dream and I was in a room and it felt like, I don't know, it was just like a, like a blank room. And I saw him and he ran to me and I was so happy to see him. And, you know, I got down on my knees. See, this is how real it was. And I put, I just, I hugged him and I felt his fur and I smelled his dog smell. And he was like breathing in my ear. And I put my arms around his neck and I felt a wound on the back of his neck and it was sticky and it was sticky. And it was like, it was, it was like this open sore. And I knew he wanted me to know that. And that was the whole, but he also wanted me to know he was okay. So that was the whole dream. And I had to say goodbye and it was, it was sad, but it was also made me feel good. So I called my dad up because my dad and Ben were best friends, you know, and my dad was very upset about losing Ben and, you know, Ben was old and, and he had a good life, but you know, it was sad. It's always sad. And so I called my dad the next day and I said, listen, oh my God, you know, I told him about the dream and I said like, no, I wasn't there when he died. Like they live in New York, they live in Buffalo and I live here in Florida. And, um, I'm like, but I felt this wound on his neck and my dad's like, Oh my God, like you didn't know this, but he had like this open sore just on the back of his neck. You know, he was old and like things were going on with him. And that was like the least of our worries, but we were trying to put antibiotics and stuff on it all the time. But he had this open sore on his neck. I didn't know about that. So me telling my dad that gave him some sort of comfort, like this was real and me too, you know? So that's what I mean about details. Like it's important. And I hear so many of you tell me these stories and when most of you are like, I know that was a visitation, but some of you doubt it. And the thing is, is like with all these things, with anything, don't doubt it, you know, just risk being the fool, you know, risk taking a chance, risk being naive, believe it. Because when you do that, more can happen for you. So also like with these things, you'll get another sign the day after, like a secondary sign. So like a fan, like, like, let's say, you know, grandma, you know, I have a dream with her. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, um, the next day, like you hear, um, is somebody else mention her or you see a sign or like something pops up, you know, like you see something from her pop up in your, in your way or whatever. Uh, so, you, you know, you might smell them, you know, you'll always get like a secondary reminder from them. So be open to that too. Uh, that's how you also know it's a visitation. So like I said, visitations, you know, our loved ones, they visit you, they feel real and they have major powerful impact on emotions the next day and even many days after. And you can feel good, but sometimes you can feel really sad and it can feel really stressful. I just had a, uh, a party last weekend 
And the very last reading of the party, the, the woman who hosted it, she told me, oh, she's like, oh, I had a dream about you and you were coming to do the reading for us. And then I went into the room to do the reading with you, but my grandmother was there and her grandmother had passed. And she said, but it was really, it was awful. It was a terrible, terrible dream. It was awful. And I said, well, what, what happened in the dream with your grandmother? And we're sitting there. This is the reading. And she said, my grandmother was, and she, she was very upset. She didn't want to talk about it, but she said her grandmother looked like she was being tortured and she looked very hurt and upset and and it upset this young woman talking about her grandmother and this dream she had. And I said, and immediately I got this message from the grandmother that said, this was a visitation from her, but the trauma you saw her body going through was left over from the trauma you saw her suffer towards the end of her life. So this, what was happening was this lady was putting on her own trauma over her grandmother's memory. And thus it was impacting the way the grandmother could come through to her. The grandma wanted to come through with love and memory and remembrance and I'm okay. But this young woman, she just remembered the sadness and the torture and, and just the, the illness at the end that ravaged her body. And she was, she was traumatized. As I said this to her, the woman's face looked shocked. She's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, what? And she was like blinking. She's like, I just, she got, she's like, something just hit me. I just got hit in the head. And I'm like, oh, my God, like she she got hit while I was telling her this. And it was her grandma kind of being like, hey, you know, hey, wake up. Not like a nasty hit, kind of like, you know, in some families, they hit you out of love like that, you know, like, hey, like that. And it was like, OK, your grandma wants you to know that that's your trauma that you saw on her. But she's OK. So release that. I hope that makes sense. But it's sometimes our own trauma can impact how we visit with our loved ones. They want us to remember them with love and happiness and memory. And you can be sad too, but, but the trauma can sometimes get in the way. Um, phones. I just want to talk about with visitations with phones. If there's phones, and I get this all the time. Phones, getting a phone call in, in like a visitation or you know a dream, let's say. Getting a phone call, a text, a voicemail, an email from a dead loved one in a dream and you're and and you'll be like oh my god like grandma like you're picking up the phone like dad like what and that symbolizes the distance in the connection that symbolizes the two planes so if you're getting phone calls from a dead person in a dream that's a big thing that's real that's another symbol of a visitation it's a very powerful dream symbol and it shows the divide between our world and theirs our world and the other side the value of the connection, like, was it a fuzzy phone call? Do they sound far away? You know, can you read the email? You know, like things like that. Or is it very clear? Shows you how open you are to receiving their messages. So paying attention to that kind of stuff too. And I, I'm so into hearing your stories about this because it's very, I feel like when you hear other people's stories, it can kind of like be a little catalyst for your own visitations to happen. It opens your mind up a little bit. So that is a visitation. Now let's go to astral traveling. Okay. So one of the most powerful things you can do in your spiritual development is astral travel or astral project. So here's the thing. You have a physical body and you have an astral body, but the astral body can leave and it can travel. If you ever heard of out of body experience, okay, that's like astral traveling. Um, it's not dangerous. 
But when you first start doing it, or if it ever happened to you, it can feel very stressful. And the thing is, you can slam back into your body once you get scared. So that will be like you waking up with a start. You'll get like really sweaty. It's like restless sleep. You get really thirsty. You wake up in like a panic, like <gasps> like all of a sudden. Um, it, those are actually signs of astral travel. It's very stressful when you're astral traveling. But once you kind of understand that's what you're doing, it's not as stressful. Because there's no danger in it. But it is something that takes a lot of energy. So they say like 5 to 10% of, you know, people reported having an out-of-body experience. But I honestly feel like it's more if you understand what astral traveling is. Because that's just like people who have said that like when they've died for a minute or they've been really ill, they've had like an out-of-body experience and they've hovered above the room and they've seen people and there's no way they would have known that they were unconscious. So there's there's that, but then there's astral traveling where you can do that in your sleep. Some people can do it when they meditate, you know. So anyway, so... Here's the thing, yes, for all the green and red people, <laughs> there are logical reasons for these things. Like, I understand there's, like, sleep cycles, and this can all be explained, like, oh, if you're waking up at certain, a certain cycle or whatever, and there's something called sleep paralysis, like, whenever you wake up and you can't move or you feel like you're screaming and you're stuck or things like that. Like, I understand that. Like, there are scientific reasons that our brains, you know, it can be explained why we're going through things like this, but I... While accepting the scientific reasons, also accept the spiritual reasons. Why can't there be both? Why can't there be two things happening? I'm open to that, understanding both those things. But out-of-body experiences um, can also include, like, remote viewing. So, like, sometimes when I do a reading, um, I can see, like, for example, like, um, sometimes if I try to find, like, a missing cat or dog or something... I, I'll start trying to see out of their eyes. So that's like remote viewing. That's like part of it. So that's why I never know where they are because I'm not like a, I'm bad with directions in my actual life. So I kind of suck at it with uh, my, you know, my, my readings too. But I can tell what they're seeing. Like, okay, I see a street. I see like, uh, like a bench. I see on, like under a porch. Like I can see things because that's remote viewing. So that's, that's part of it. Um, vision quests. If you ever heard in certain cultures, they go on vision quests, um, you know, certain practices, you know, try to make you leave your body and, and, and have, I guess, interactions with other beings or whatever, near death experiences, of course. Um, and, and there's just like a lot cross-cultural descriptions of what we're talking about, astral traveling or out-of-body experiences. Um, flying dreams where you're flying, but you're not losing control. So flying dreams, um, because like when you're in your astral body, like you're not walking, you're like moving around. So I hear people all the time tell me they visit their kids in college or they see things or they go to the past or whatever. You have to kind of go with the theory that there's no such thing as um, space. Like we're stuck in our human body because we're humans, but it's not like that's not how it is once you die. Like your actual natural form is one of more movement. Lucid dreaming is something where you stay awake while you fall asleep. So you can, I guess you can practice this. I feel like if you're a mom, like that's what you do anyways. Like you nap, but you're still paying attention. That's hard. That's hard. So the easiest way to do it is to pay attention to your astral traveling, which will always feel like I said, like you'll wake up sweaty, thirsty with a start 
and it's a spiritual tool. So they'll take you to an astral plane. So this is where your guides can work with you more easily. And you can be connected with others as well. I talked about this in the Twin Flame episode. Like you will have meetings with, you know, if you have a twin flame, you will have meetings with them or even just like exes or people that you haven't seen in a long time, like for closure purposes, um, to just kind of close up loose ends or just have a visit with somebody. You can have conversations with loved ones who are alive, but these are conversations that would be too uncomfortable to have an actual life. Things that would be brushed under the carpet in your family situation, because what's happening is, is your higher self your astral body, the part of you that's closer to your soul identity, can go talk to their higher selves. So you can have more honest interactions with them. The thing is, they're not always going to remember. But again, asking for secondary signs is a good thing. Like if you're having a dream of somebody and you felt like it was real and you were astral traveling with them, like ask for a secondary sign and see what happens. See what they say. You know, see if they all of a sudden call you or something comes up between the two of you or they just, you know, reach out to you. They might not remember, but sometimes they do. I do have like experiences where my clients, because like, you know, I have all these email readings and I'm catching up on them and sometimes I don't get to everybody right away. And people (laughs) will say that I came. This was funny because, um, somebody told me that I came to them and, uh, said, Hey, I'm getting to your, you know, your email reading. Don't worry about it. You know, like, I, like my clients will tell me I go visit them, which I'm like really happy about actually. Um, so the astral plane is where we can all meet. And the, Oh, the first time I was aware of my own astral traveling was actually really stressful. I felt woken with a start I heard them talking about me like in the third person like oh they were I heard my guides talking about me okay well she's uh she's getting back in her body now and I was like what the hell was that like it was really stressful but once I kind of gave into it it's helped me a lot and now I wake up and I'm like oh I astral traveled about this or that I know when people are up to things like I know when there's negative energy I know I know all sorts of things now because on the astral plane like it will be revealed to me if it's important for me to know these things and like Scott who's back here hey Scott hey he's used to me saying like oh my god I astral traveled and like this is going on and like what like I'm usually yeah. right, right? Like yeah. if I know somebody's like I'm somebody's gonna reach out or like all the time. Yeah, or, or I'm like somebody's like negatively thinking about me and then all of a sudden I get like an awareness of it. Yeah. But you can all do this too. This is like well, something no, we all ha- I, I don't everybody you know what's funny. I mean I can't. Somebody said like Remember we him. both came to them. No. Yeah, and I was like, I don't think Scott would. I am not so I yes, I you, you I don't recall nev- ever we don't astral travel together. No. Well, I mean Here's the thing. I mean, I have, first of all, I have so many questions. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. But, I mean, now that I've taken over your scheduling. Yes. There, I mean, literally, so many emails. Maybe even, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say at least an email a day. Right. Where someone in their, they, they wrote about the, how they met you in a dream, or I don't know, whatever you call it, the astral travel. Yeah. And you said this to them and that to them. Yeah. I, I see that every day now. I know, so, right? Like, now I'm starting to kind of believe it. I believe it because, like, I don't sleep. Like yeah, I, I sleep yeah. horribly I know. and, um, that's just life, I guess. But like, I, but I'm glad I'm going to these, I'm glad I'm going to people and saying like, Hey, yeah, like your email reading's coming, you know, because like, I don't like, cause that's my own thing. Like, I don't like people like leaving them in the lurch. Oh, and a lot of the messages <laughs> say that you bring wine with you. 
Oh, really? Yeah, and I get that too. Like, well, a lot of people say that like we've had wine together. Yeah. And then a lot of people say like they don't remember what I've said, but it made them feel better. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like now just feel good stuff. Now in the in the past, <laughs> I'll be hope, honest. Yeah. I have come up with some ideas because I'm the red idea guy. Okay. So one of my ideas was go back to the year 1999, right? And tell Scotty <laughs> of that time. To buy Amazon.com stock. <laughs> no, just, is that something that could be done? You just don't know why I can't do that. Right. You can time travel when you astral travel, though, but it's a different plane. Okay. It's more like remote viewing because, man, I sound crazy. Because once I went back to 1993. Right. And I sound, <laughs> I swear to God, Scott, am I like, I'm not certifiable, uh, right? Were, like, were, I were, act you, were you with Doc Brown? So, no, I wasn't. I was <laughs> okay. by myself. Okay. And I was in 1993, and I was like, oh, my God, I got to find – and I'm like, okay, where was he in 1993? I'm like, okay, he's in Merrick, Long Island. So I had to, I was trying desperately to find your phone number. Right. Cell, we didn't have cell phones. So then. I went phone into number. a phone booth and like I'm yeah. floating and I couldn't, and I, I found a phone book because I used to be in phone booths and I was, I couldn't flip through the pages and I couldn't read any numbers. Right. And it's funny. I was like, why can't I read? It was so frustrating. Like I couldn't read anything. So when I woke up from that astral travel, Oh, and I was trying to find you so I could, like, tell you, because um, you're always telling me to tell you stock stuff. So I was going right. to try to tell you anything I could, right. but I couldn't find you. But anyways, okay. when I woke from that, I was like, why couldn't I read? That was so frustrating. And I, I looked, I Googled it, you know, and they're like, you can't read when you're astral traveling because, like, you don't have eyes. Like, right. it's like your, your your physical eyes aren't there, like yeah. your your other self. And I was like, wow. ah, it makes sense. Okay. Now, that was one of my plans. <laughs> My other thing was, why not just astral travel to, let's say, the executive producer of The Ellen Show and right. tell them to have you on. Have me on. And promote our podcast. And promote, know <laughs> With, your aura. Or, or let's say, uh, you know, Kim Kardashian. Right. And then she could promote us on Instagram. <laughs> All right. Would that work? I don't know. I, I don't know if you have to have a connection with somebody to, like, hang out with them or not. Okay. Because I like, think, like, I've only done this with people i've had connections with so meaning you've had to have met them or had shared space with them like even spiritually or in okay. a reading or just even like I'll, even people who've just like we've just made the initial like appointment or something like that like i've right. had to share space with them and made an agreement for me to like have an astral travel experience with any i think that's anybody you have to have like some sort some, of connection okay so what if like you know you did like a meet and greet with kim kardashian paid like eight hundred dollars what you think of yeah, my mind's always thinking. Right. And Maybe I like, that would work. I don't know. Or I think, Oprah. I think or... that's crazy. Okay. People talk. All right. And, I, All right. and every once in a while, we sound like stalkers, and we're starting to sound like that again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Now, now, I know that people definitely visit you because I've seen the emails. Yeah. Uh, I also know that, and, you know, sometimes this being red drives me a little batty. Yeah. That you know, like, sometimes you'll get angry at somebody um, because you know that they've been talking negatively about yeah, you that's happened and, and i'll be like no no of course not right. come on what why why would they even care yeah and then it'll come out later it's that they were it gets me. confirmed yeah and this happened to me recently yeah. and without names or anything but they were it was totally confirmed and and you know what and i think this is part of my like recovering empath okay back if, if, if you haven't listened to that episode go listen to it because you know, as a recovering empath, I have to watch going back into the victimization state because, like, I am, you know, I can, I'm not perfect, but my intention is to heal and give people opportunity and love and all sorts of things. And I really try. 
So when somebody takes it the wrong way because of their own limitations and they go and try to like diminish me, like it really bothers me, but it was uh, confirmed. Right. So you're like, are you paranoid, Megan? Like that right. you think people are talking about you? I'm like, I really don't feel like I am because I had this very upsetting astral travel where I was shown and then it was confirmed. But this is luckily, yeah. Yeah. honestly, that's just a handful of times that it's happened no, negatively. I, yeah, I know. And I mean, like more than anything else positively. Yeah. No, and then you go, and it also goes the, the other way. When people are positively talking oh, yes. about you, and then all of a sudden we get this great offer. Yes. Or this person reaches out to us out of the blue, and we're like, oh my God, that's fantastic. Yeah. But but it, it works both ways. Yeah. And it's interesting with the astral traveling. Like, out of all the tools that you could like have to promote your spiritual development. I really feel like paying attention to the astral traveling and the dreams, you know, it's, it's just really valuable, but like, I need to talk about the time that I had. Oh boy. So we have, we have this distance Reiki girl and she's, in, okay. where is she from? Norway? Um, is that Norway? It's oh. Norway. Yeah, Norway. Nor- yeah. Norway. She's lovely. And her name's Beath. And she, she did this a long time ago. Like she, you were driving me insane because your energy was all messed up. Right. And I'm like, she's doing a distance healing on you. Just go with it. Okay. So she came back with the story that like, you know, all these things. And it was actually, she's lovely. And it was like a really good healing for you. But then you, um, she said the funniest thing ever that your higher self looks at her. And then when, when you were like, she asked your higher self, like, what do you want? And you just like turned around and walked into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to be left alone. And I'm like, that is so you. Oh, my God. Hopefully it wasn't the, the Root River. <laughs> I'm putting up those pictures. <laughs> so um, my higher self just wants to be left alone. Yeah, you just want to be left alone. Well, maybe, I mean, that's that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but I don't remember ever my dreams ever. You I never do. Never do. Except for the one time I dreamt about Michael Strahan. Oh. And Jessica's going to be all over that. And, uh, and, um. That, that's it. I mean, that was like the last dream I had. My last dream I had that I can remember yeah. was about Michael Strahan Ooh, from the football player. That's sexy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Magic Mike. Was he in a gold Speedo? Um, no, I think he was in a suit. Okay. He was in a suit. He was in a suit. But, it, but you know, something like he wasn't making it into work or something. Okay. And then he wasn't on GMA the next day. Weird. Weird. And that's the only dream but I had. But he was on GMA that day. The next day. He was, he was no, but did he miss the day? He missed and, the day. Oh, so you were right. Yeah. But you had it like when we were house hunting down here. Yeah. You had all these weird dreams, like because you he, guys, he never dreams. Never. But you had these dreams like that whole week, and everything, like anything you had, like it symbolically happened in the house. Yeah. Like, like, and it like every house that was a no go, like you knew, like you had some weird prophetic dream the night before how it was a no go, and like symbolically, it always it was weird. That's weird because I'll tell you. 11 o'clock comes, I turn off, you turn off the light, I'm sleeping at 11.01. Yeah. I'm out and I don't wake up to the the morning. God knows what happens all night long. (laughs) And I don't dream. And I don't astro travel to anybody. You do though. The woods. The woods. (laughs) But you're, you're just, you're just going all, all night long. Yeah. You said I have a, like a secret life at night. You must have like a sleigh like Santa. Like oh a ma- <laughs> or a magic carpet like Aladdin. Because <laughs> you got to get to all these people. I, I think I'm having a good time lately. Yeah. I think it's been fun. Yeah. I think I'm partying. I remember like you and Jamie from Light FM oh would, my gosh. would have these crazy. We did, yes. Tra- we should have had her on here oh, we oh my to gosh. talk about this. That's a good guest idea. Yeah, Jamie. 
106.7 Light FM. Yeah, we're going to, because she does it too. She gets it. Oh, that would yeah. be a cool interview. That's a great interview. Yeah. Good idea, Scott. Yeah. Spotlight on a client, maybe. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Or after the reading. Or after the reading. At which, by the way, we I have, have coming up, I have an after the reading segment. All right. Who do we have? We have Kate Appling, and she's um, a client I've read a couple times, and she's going to talk about her life um, after the reading. Fantastic. All right. So let's, let's give uh, it a listen. Let's listen. All right, guys, here I am with the segment after the reading, and I'm here with my lovely client, Kate. Say hi, Kate. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Kate, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am an attorney, mm-hmm. and I have a four-year-old and a seven-month-old, and uh, my husband's also an attorney. I am yellow indigo. I've learned from my readings with Miss Mystic Michaela. And uh, my husband is a green. Oh, he's a green. So. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wh- what? <laughs> it's always it's always fun talking about the greens in our lives. I know. Right? So much fun. There. <laughs> okay. So like before you got the reading, can you just tell me like what was going on? Because I just want to like I think like the purpose for the, this is my only my second after the reading segment, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I want people to see like what difference before knowing yourself a little better and after like what that looks like. So before my first reading, well, at the time I had my first reading, I was like very early in my pregnancy Mm. with my son. So we were very excited, kind of processing that big change. Um, My husband was having um, a lot of changes going on at his job that we were trying to navigate. Um, And that was kind of a a big thing that was going on with us at the time of my first reading. And we talked about that a lot. Like as an indigo... Like when you learned like what being an indigo was about, like how did that make you understand like when, I guess like when your husband's going through something, did that, you know what I mean? Like how did that like make you understand right. how, yeah, explain that if you don't mind. Well, when I, when I learned that I was an indigo, it really put how I was processing those challenges that pertain to him. Yeah. It put it in perspective as, as I realized how much I was absorbing mm-hmm. of that. So I kind of, was able to look at it and see like, wow, I've really taken on this stress as my own. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I was doing that until I had my reading and, and was like, wow, I need to, how can I step back from this? How can I have appropriate boundaries so that I'm not taking on all of this stress as my own and can be more helpful and supportive. Right. Um, but it, and it also made me look at other situations, you know, in my life and all my interactions where it was like, I could look back and be like, wow, you know, I reacted. So that was so heavy for me because I didn't realize I was absorbing all of this and couldn't have, didn't know to put those boundaries in place, I guess, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Yeah. Cause that's what happens. Like you see it and then you're like, oh my God, this has been my whole life. <laughs> you're like, whoa, this right. like everybody. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're, because you're yellow too and you're an attorney. So yeah. So like, (laughs) which is hard. Like it was like a a perfect storm. It was like, I was, (laughs) I wanted to, to find a solution. Let's plan this out. How can we do this? Okay. This is what we need to do. I'm ready. Like sky's the limit. Anything goes, nothing is off, off limits. And I was very stressed about it as an indigo. And for him as a green, it was like, 
whoa, yeah, you're, uh, that is a lot. It's very overwhelming for him. Right. And I had to kind of figure out how to communicate best with him as a mm-hmm. green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, how has he been like, as, as you understood yourself more, how has he understood this himself? Like, how has he supported <laughs> you and your spiritual growth? Cause he is a supporting guy. Like I'm like, I had to remind myself. So I like opened up your pictures again. And I'm like, ah, yeah. Like yeah, I remember he, him. Yeah. <laughs> he is so supportive and he's very like, he will listen to me go on and on about, you know, auras and crystals and all this stuff that I love. And I know that it's not necessarily resonating with him, right. but he's open to it. That's so cool. I've kind of learned that I have to, if I want him to receive this information, mm-hmm. I have to give it to him in a way that is logical yes. and reasonable and straightforward. Like in my second reading where you um, recommended the, the book, The Game of Life and How to Play It it's so good. for him, yes. I ordered that the same day, gave it to him and he loved it. Right. Green and people he love me. it. Other, yeah. He was like, I actually, I use these, you know, the things I'm learning from the book and my day-to-day life. And this is very helpful. And I, I'm not, you know, he said, I'm trying to, um, you know, I, I focus on the positive outcome that I want and how to get there instead yeah. of the negative. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Yeah, it's such a logical so long, book. But, like, it's just so straightforward, that book. Yeah. It's like very plainly written. That's why I think like right. people can handle it because it's he like, loves it. yeah, it's so good. It's so, it's like weird because it was written in the 1920s. So you're like, okay, but like, and everybody goes <laughs> to right. a distant land, like when you're done with them and, and they disappear yeah. to a distant yeah. land and like, it's like, this, <laughs> right. But like, yeah, it totally resonates with him. He loves it. It's awesome. All right. That's really, yeah. That was great. How does like the indigo yellow thing, like, so you're a lawyer and you're a mom. How does that mush together? Cause like, it's hard. Cause like as a yellow, you need your identity, you know, but like as an indigo, you can feel like if you're not doing something a hundred percent, you're, you fail, you know? So like, and and as a yellow, you're a perfectionist. So like, how does that all, how do you work and how do you mom? How does that work together with your auras? So, well, for me, the key was finding a job that would allow me to feel like I was doing both. Mm -hmm. So I was very fortunate enough to find a job that allows me to work. You know, I'm off work at 3.30. I can work from home if I need to. It's very flexible. Um, And so I feel like I'm doing both. I have that time at work where I'm doing what I love to do as far as a career, Yeah. but also, you know, I can pick my kids up from school. I can take them in the morning. I can stay home with them if they're sick. I can go to their, um, you know, parties at school and things like that and feel present in both spaces. So that's really been the key for me. And that's, did that change? Cause is that a new job since we talked or something? Cause it feels like, okay. Right. So at my last reading, we talked about, I I had just accepted the position and I was kind of nervous because I wanted to make sure, you know, it wasn't a step back. I wanted to make sure I wasn't, you know, I was making the right choice. And we kind of talked about that and it's turned out to be, that's great. You know, a great, a great step, exactly what I needed at, at this time, because I was really feeling like I was kind of drained at work. It was not what I loved doing. And at, at the, the same time, place. I wasn't yeah. right. Yeah. And I wasn't getting that time with my kids as much as I wanted to. So um, it's been really just the perfect balance, I think, for me at, at this time. 
that's really, and that I think that's encouraging for people to hear because being stuck is such a real feeling that people get and like looking around and feeling like, and and logically like, yeah, I am stuck. I have to pay bills and this is my career. And Mm -hmm. I went to school already all, you know, so what you did was you took what you had and you, and you got more, and then you like reevaluated, like, what are my motivations? Like, okay, my motivations, balance and, and more freedom. So at least you have those things right now as you could. And, and also I think like, people understand too, like, um, you know, life's a journey. Like you're not stuck anywhere. Like, you, you know, it, cause I think even before we started the call, we were talking about being in the mom zone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had kind of like, I had been telling myself, okay. Cause it's, you know, it's always, and we've talked about this. It's always been my goal to work for myself and, um, help small businesses with yes, their, talk about that. Legal, yeah. uh, with their contracts and stuff like that. And I, I started, I set up a business a couple of years ago doing that, um, doing like one-on-one legal consulting, doing contracts for small businesses, which I love. I love that. And when I listened to your recovering empath, empath episode, and you said that Indigos love that one-on-one helping people, yeah. that is a hundred percent. I love that. Oh. But I, what I had been telling myself for so long was that, okay, you stay in this job that you don't like until you can you know, go out on your own full time. And it was one or the other. And I finally, after I had my son and went back after maternity leave, I was like, you know, right now the short-term goal needs to be flexibility. That's what I need to allow myself to be open to something else. It's not just one of these two. Right. And this opportunity where I have, where I'm working now came along and it was the perfect thing for that time. So it was just allowing myself to not be so, you know, the yellow in me is like one or the other, right? Like, I can do this after I do this. And it, I needed to be open to, to something else for what I needed at that time. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, like the, the, your ego was hijacking it. It was like, okay, this yeah. is, you know, I have to stay the same or else I won't survive. And you just like made space right. like, Hey, wait a second. There can be a gray area. Like I can do like other things can happen that I haven't even thought of. So you made room for that. Yeah. That's cool. And then you do, you do help people. That's right. Like you help people with their small contracts for little businesses, like who might not want to go and do the whole sit down with the big, scary firm thing like you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I love doing that. And I love supporting small business owners and having that one-on-one relationship where they can come to me and talk to me about things like that and not feel intimidated and I can help them and support them and help them be successful. I love that. Well, Kate, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us what happened after the reading. I really appreciate you. I always love talking to you. And are you oh, me too. are you done with babies? That's like my last random thing that I just got. Oh my god! <laughs> so uh, it depends on if, if you ask me. No, yeah. if you ask Tosh, <laughs> he needs to talk about it at another time. He is not ready to discuss that yet. That's okay. so funny that he said that. We were talking about that this morning. Oh, actually, he's like. I'm just not, not in that place yet. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, we're working. So we have three, isn't it? You are a yellow, so you do have a tendency to, like, you know, kind of wear people down in a good way. So I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think he knows that yeah. later, after, after he has some time to settle down a little bit with the two that we're, he's still getting into that routine with, you know, the four-year-old and the, the seven-month-old, then he'll be 
maybe open to hearing it a little bit. It was crazy because I, just... I played the long game. I can do this. Yeah, the I long will, game. I, I will... love that. He <laughs> <laughs> will give in eventually. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, baby. Like, that's before. They wouldn't let me hang up till they were like, tell her about the baby. So I really feel like you're going to have another so one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. That is so funny. Yeah, we've been going. I, I have not dropped it. After after Jack was born, I was like, I don't think we're done. And he was like, oh, my God. He's like, stop it. Stop it, yellow. He's scared of your yeah. manifestation abilities. He yes. knows they're real. Yes. <laughs> no. He's like, I cannot receive this information right now. Like, this is to too break. much. <laughs> I know. I know. But like I said, I, I play the long game. Yeah. I, I'm very patient. That's a yellow quality. So. Thank you so much, Kate. I really appreciate oh you. No problem. Thank you. You take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that with After the Reading. I love following up with my clients and just seeing how their life changes. It yeah, really great. inspires me. Great story. She's she's a really cool girl. And um, and and, that, and and let's bring that back. This oh, is weird. Remember, because yeah. we were just talking about all the astral travel and all that yeah. stuff and thinking about things. We were looking for someone. You talked to me in the morning. Like, who should we get for After the Reading? Yeah. Who's someone? And literally, the minute after I said it, she, yes, she contacted you. She emailed you. me about um, something in her life that was going well after the reading. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Because I was trying to figure out, like, who would be good. And she popped in my head. And then she popped on my email at the same time. Yeah, it was same, weird. Within, like, a minute. Yeah. Less than a minute. Yeah. But that happens to me all the time. I yeah. But um, I want to dedicate this episode to... Those of you who feel a need to reach out for help, I had an anonymous donor and she wanted to give an episode in dedication to those who are really needing a push out of an abusive relationship. This is something that was important to her and she wants you, if you are on an edge of should I or shouldn't I and you feel stuck and you're in a relationship that's not healthy for you, she wants you to get that courage together and get out of it. And there is the National Domestic Violence Hotline and they will help you. They will help you with a plan. They will help you organize yourself. They will talk to you 24-7, 1-800-799-7233. And she's just a loving soul who wanted this to touch anybody who it could possibly touch who needed that message of love and self-love and protection. And I want to thank you all for listening today. As you know, this podcast is for you and about you. And I want to spread that love. And I want you to feel safe to share with me any of your stories on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family or even if you want a private DM. I try to get to them as much as possible. But on our closed Facebook group, Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family, it's a good place to share and grow and feel safe with one another while we grow as human and spiritual beings on this planet. And I really appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye, guys. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.